Hi, I'm your co-host, Landon Phillips. Hi, everyone, and I'm your other co-host, Michael Soto. And together, we, we are, are Gender, gender curious. curious. The ways that human beings experience and understand gender is always changing and always evolving because human beings are always changing and always evolving. Yep, and this podcast is all about exploring all things gender with curiosity and not judgment. Absolutely. This podcast is for everyone and we really mean that it's for everyone who like us is interested in learning more about all things gender mm -hmm. uh, as leslie feinberg said and i love this quote gender is the poetry each of us makes out of the language we are taught let's talk about it and let's get curious let's get curious Landon, today we are talking about your story mm -hmm. and your experience with gender, which I'm super excited about. I can't wait to hear all things about your experience. I've been looking forward to this all week. So thank you for making my week. Very excited to hear your story. Um, but let's start with the basics. So can you tell us who you are and a little bit about your experience with gender? Yeah, um, I do have a bit of a hard time talking about my gender identity because I don't feel like it doesn't fit into any particular box. Uh, so a lot of labels, like the typical labels that we use, are not exactly right. But I'm like, eh, it's close enough so people can, you know, <laughs> understand. But let, we have a whole episode to dive into it. We do. So, uh, but for <laughs> simplistic purposes to start off with, I'm transgender. Yep. I'm transmasculine. Um, so I was assigned female at birth. Yep. Um, I. I go by he, him pronouns. I present male, yeah. live my very best male life. Um, but I do identify as non-binary. Nice. So um, while I use binary pronouns, I mean like he, him pronouns versus they, them, gender neutral pronouns, which I am also comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and I do present in a more binary way. I do kind of internally feel like I'm just Landon gender. Like I don't, <laughs> like I don't I really that. feel like a man, but yeah. I definitely don't feel like a woman either. Um, I feel more comfortable in male spaces, but I also embrace my femininity and I just am the person that I am and present how I want to present. And gender is just kind of like, oh yeah, I guess I have to define my gender now because we're talking about gender, but it's not like I, I definitely am experiencing and presenting a gender, but it's not something that like fits into our little like, mm -hmm are you boy, are you girl? And here is the short list of like defining characteristics. Like I just, I don't know. I just live my life and uh, it doesn't really fit into any boxes, but I'm happy. <laughs> That's amazing. That really resonates with the quote that you started the show with, with uh, Leslie Feinberg's quote about gender being the poetry, right? Like that just, I was thinking of poetry as this amazing thing that sort of encapsulates everything that isn't like math or isn't like an essay right it's everything in between it's all the beauty you know all the yeah sort of amazing flow of human life and that seems like how that's that's how you experience your gender yeah i yeah. do experience it as like a work of art mm, um yeah. and i am creating a person in myself that i i'm creating the person that i want to be having the person that i am on the inside projected onto the outside and shaping the way that I am perceived yeah. via the way that I present myself to be perceived as whatever I want to create myself to be. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just Amazing. see it as an artistic 
expression yeah um and not necessarily as like a, a rule book for Amazing. me i guess yes <laughs> yeah. it's life is art right yeah like, yeah oh that's so beautiful i love that so can you tell us a little bit about maybe sort of your first understandings of being a trans person or maybe mm. not being a cis person and you know just experiencing gender maybe a little bit differently than other folks that uh, you had grown up with or were in your family or that were around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had, last week we talked about your experience of like, from like the second emerging from the womb, you're like, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did not have that. Um, I definitely, I had like, not like other girls syndrome, you yeah. know, like yeah. I've, I felt like I didn't fit in. And sometimes that made me feel like, oh, maybe I'm just more mature than other girls because mm. I don't like whatever. Like I really like had a lot of internalized misogyny, I think, because mm. I I didn't feel like I fit into that group. And so there had to be some some explanation for why I don't fit in and why I'm not interested and why I don't behave the same way. Yeah. And I always thought like, oh, maybe I'm more mature or I'm cooler. Or, I'm more like the boys, but not I didn't ever think that I could just have been a boy the whole time. Yeah. You know, like I just thought like I just like wasn't like other girls and I really like hung on to that for some reason which is super toxic and not good. Don't do that. <laughs> but um yeah, so I just I had this feeling of not fitting in, not being the same. Um and looking back of of course in hindsight I'm like I should have known or like if I knew what I know now at the time like I would have known so early in life or like if my parents had known what they know now and were raising yeah. me but at the time, like, I just thought, I'm different, I don't fit in, I'm awkward, um, and that was about it. But that's just, like, where the story ended for me for a long time. Um, it wasn't until, like, I went to college that I was first exposed to even just, like, the word transgender. Wow. Like, I was super sheltered, um, grew up in a very conservative, religious home, religious environment. I just had no idea. I thought that like drag mm. and like drag artists were the extent of how people could play with gender. Really? <laughs> like oh, wow. I didn't know that there were other options. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was a little older, but um, I started realizing like, oh, it's not that I am not good at being a girl. Right. It's that I'm just not one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I had that like in between like in high school where I would go back and forth. Like I'd be wearing like jeans and a hoodie to school every day, trying to hide my body because my body felt so wrong. And I didn't know how to like articulate that in my brain, but like everything just felt wrong and I didn't fit in my own body, in my own skin, in my social groups. And then I would like suddenly 180 switch and be like wearing makeup and heels and dresses and be like, maybe if I'm good enough at being a girl, maybe if I can play this girl well enough, if I can like how we talked about last week, if my drag performance as a girl is good enough, maybe I will embody that and I will be more comfortable. And um, so I kind of like sunk into that hole for a little while. And then when I went to college and I started realizing like, oh, this like, there's other options. And it started like having the language. And again, like that Leslie Feinberg quote, like with the language that I had, I was able to create more and more poetry with my gender and just a clear understanding of my gender and finally get relief from all of that like just a lifetime of never feeling like my own, like I fit in my own skin. Yeah. Which is a highly unsettling feeling that I know you know. <laughs> yes, it is. It's yeah. a very weird experience that, you know, like it's to never feel 
like you are your yourself almost or you're yeah. allowed to be yourself or other people see you as yourself yeah it's yeah. like i was in like a skin suit totally like a woman's skin suit <laughs> and people were looking at me but they were not looking at me right and i was trying to talk and everything was just being filtered through this woman's suit filter yes. and it was yes. so hard to reach the outside world and feel like i was being seen by anybody absolutely yeah yeah what was it like the first time you felt truly seen as the person that you are, the gender you are? Wow. Um, this is, I think the first, I mean, I had lots of gender validating experiences along the way. Um, when I started, before I came out and before I even really embraced my identity as a trans person, I had like cut my hair short mm -hmm. and was dressing way more masculine and people would get confused and stop and ask me like, are you a guy or a girl. <laughs> and I was so flattered by that, even though I was in so much denial about being trans. Like I had a lot of moments like that along the way that yeah. I felt like brief glimpses of like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like this is what I feel like. Like this is what it is to be me. Um, one of the first times that I really felt fully seen as the person that I felt inside and as the person I wanted to be was um, not too long after I came out um, publicly and was going by different pronouns and stuff. I went shopping with my mom oh, wow. and my parents are great and we can get into that more in a bit, but um, she had a hard time at first catching on to the pronouns and she had kind of told me like, I'll call you my son if you want, but like, you're never really gonna be my son. You're always gonna be my daughter, you know? So for a while we kind of had this tense, like trying to get on the same page, you know? Yeah. Um, but we went, out shopping and she just had to pick up some some socks for my little brothers Aww. and she was buying a lot of socks because i have two <laughs> brothers and they were growing quickly and the cashier was like oh like are these are for your sons and i was like yeah and she's like how many do you have and my mom was like four i only have one girl and it just came out so quick <gasps> and so casual and i was like oh. oh my gosh like i'm one of the boys in my own family like i'm one of the sons oh. and that i don't even know if she remembers that happening but that was a like huge impactful moment of like realizing that I can truly be seen as the person that I am. Yeah. 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 That's so beautiful. Like what an incredible moment, right? That like you said, you don't even know if your mom remembers that moment, but for you, it was this moment of like, yes, I am seen. Mm -hmm. Like I am valued for who I am in my own family. Yep. So beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you do have a big family. So how, what has that been like? Uh, you've got an amazing family. Uh, I'm lucky enough to to know some of your siblings and your parents. Um, yeah, they're all obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with <laughs> them as well. They're happy to know you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what has it been like to, you know, be who you are, be a trans person in your family? And yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I grew up Mormon. I grew up yeah. in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We both did. Yep. Something good we have in Good times. <laughs> we, we'll have like, we'll have lots of content about that later. We will. We will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, growing up in that, my, my parents are, like my mom joined the church as a young adult. I think she was 21. Wow. Um, and she is much more like liberal in her interpretation of mm -hmm. things. And she embraces her religion for the good that it offers her and not like yeah to like buy into every single like thing that she's being told she needs to believe or you know so right. it was it was a very conservative environment that i was in but my home was much more mm. open-minded uh -huh. um it was still scary to come out 
Yeah. Uh, before I came out to them, I would get in a lot of heated arguments about mm-hmm. like hot topics about like the gender world. So we'd be talking about gender neutral bathrooms. Gotcha. And okay. they'd be like, why do you care so much? Like <laughs> I would get so heated about like the bathroom situation or I don't know, like there's much more hot topics out than there were at the time. That was really the only one that people yeah. were talking about. Now I feel like it would be sports yeah. or something else. I don't something know. Something else. Yeah. But um, so we, it was like this tension in our house. And as soon as I came out, they were like, oh, that's why <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. And I I came out right before I went um, to be a missionary for the church. That is so amazing and fascinating. We have to talk about that. That's an incredible experience. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. But I kind of had this thought that if I were to dedicate my life 100% to this faith that I had already dedicated my life to up to that point, right. then like maybe I would, I would be cured. Yeah. Like God would fix me mm-hmm. or like, so I kind of thought like, I'm going to go and God's going to fix me right? or I'm going to have to like leave the church and leave everyone I love. Like I really had mm. this dramatic, oh, wow. like I either have to be all in or all out. So like, I'm yeah. going to have to leave my family. I can't have a relationship with them because mm. of the church or I have to lie about who I am and be miserable for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. And then my mission was terrible. I hated it. Mm. I had some really beautiful experiences, but after that I was like, I no, I'm yeah. not doing this. Yeah. So I came back and I did stay uh, in the church for a while. Yeah. Um, but I was able to kind of realize like, I can just pick what I want to be in my life. Yeah. Like yeah. I can just pick if spirituality is something that I want, I can have that. If yes. my family is something I want, I can have that. If my gender identity is something I need to embrace, I can have that. You know, like I didn't have to. Yeah. You didn't have to choose. Sell my soul to anything. Exactly. I could just be the person that I want to be. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Was that freeing for you, having that realization that, like, I can be the person that I actually am and be in every aspect of my life, including my family and my faith and work and all of these things? Yeah. It, it was really, really hard to get there. It was extremely yeah. difficult to get there. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, like, I had to break down a lot of ways of thinking that I had had as, since before I can even remember. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and yeah. fear of God and fear of, you know, like so many things that had been traumatizing me since I was a kid and some sure. things that were really important to me, but I was realizing like, I don't know if I can hold on to this right. and stay alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. So, yeah, it was really difficult to arrive at that point. But the more and more I realized that I can, like, release all of those things and heal and just be the person I want to be, I was so liberated, happier than I'd ever been yeah. in my entire life. Um, and it was, I, I I really, like, got us off the family topic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after I came home, so I came out, I went on my mission. And so I was there for 15 months. Um, I had some undiagnosed like mental health stuff that didn't really have to do with the gender thing, but I mean, that was like another layer. Totally. It exacerbates everything. Yeah. It was like, yeah, Yeah. it was a lot. Um, and just a lot of like traumatic stuff had happened to me while I was gone. And so I came home after 15 months. And so my parents had that amount of time between when I was like, I'm transgender bye, (laughs) to to, like me coming home. And so they had this period where I wasn't there to judge how they were educating themselves and how they were learning in that process, which I wouldn't do now. Right. Like, I feel like I'm a very judge 
judgment-free. I mean, we're doing a whole judgment-free podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think at the time was so insecure and in so much pain in myself that any like slight mistake that they made would have been extremely triggering to me. Yeah. And then I would have gotten defensive and then it would have been really tense for them. Yep. And so we were kind of lucky in the sense that like I had space to yeah. figure out what I wanted and needed and they had space to educate themselves and make the mistakes and yes. think like harmful things that they didn't realize were harmful. And then they went and talked to people, you know, so we just yeah. like kind of got to live our own separate journeys of education. And then when we came back together, they, it was still hard. Like how my mom said, like, I don't know if I can ever think of you in a different way or it's going to be so hard to adjust to pronouns, but really they had come to terms with things. Yeah. And their priority always, always was my health, safety and happiness. That was That's always so before anything else. Wow. And they really thought originally that my health and safety and happiness was going to be being a woman and right. being in the church and being this cookie cutter person that this life that they had envisioned for me. Yes. Um, and so it was hard for them to let go of that. Like it takes a lot of courage, I think, as a parent to trust your child's vision of their own happiness when it's hard for you to imagine them being happy doing what they're doing. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> you know? that, that's gotta be like a quantum leap of trust. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I really am so grateful to them for being able to do that and trust me that I knew what was best for me. Wow. And they were like, whatever is going to make you happy, like we will support you in it. And now they're like intense allies, yeah. like super allies, super <laughs> like present in the yeah. advocacy world and stuff. Yep, they're so rock they've stars. Come, yeah, they've come a really long way. Um, and my siblings, I don't like heard them mess up my pronouns maybe like twice after I wow. came out. Like every That's single awesome. one of them caught up right away. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love so that. It's, I am very, very blessed in my family situation. And yeah, there were times that were really hard and a lot of like communicating and therapy and work that we had to do together, but they really are an awesome, yeah, awesome family. They're amazing folks, and yeah. they're such a support system for you. It's so incredible. Um, it really sounds like your mission. I mean, I know as you went into it, perhaps you had uh, sort of other um, hopes that would come out of it, but it sounds like your mission really was very important to giving you that space, your parents that space, and mm -hmm. actually allowing you to, in some ways, come home to a much more supportive environment and a family that was ready to be your support system. And so yeah. kind of a blessing. You know? Yeah, it's, it really was. Yeah, I like am going to have lifelong things to work through from the experiences that I lived while I was on my mission. Yeah, But I don't know that I would go back in time and not have gone Interesting. because of how like foundational it was to me understanding my gender experience. Yeah. And I don't think that if I wasn't put in such an extreme religious environment that mm -hmm. I would have broken away from sure. the religion, which yeah. I really needed to do for my health at the time. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, it was this blessing in a really, mm -hmm. really terrible disguise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I th there's really nothing in my life. Like I had the terrible mission experience. Yeah. A kind of sketchy college experience, oh, no. a failed marriage. You know, like there's a lot of things that have gone wrong, I guess, on my journey to discovering myself. But every single one of those has given me some, like, some context for understanding myself or some strength to, yes, you know, like being with 
my ex gave me strength to like express myself in ways that I hadn't before because I had someone doing it with me or, you know, like everything that I've done, there isn't anything in my life that I would have done differently because it all helped me discover myself, free myself, and it led me to where I am now, which I'm extremely happy with. Absolutely. I mean, there's no one way to live life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's with gender or anything else. And so every experience you have is just an opportunity to learn more about yourself, to grow and to become more fully you. And like, I mean, when I got to meet you, so happy that I got to meet you and, you know, have been able to work with you. And now we're doing this podcast together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, the entire time I've known you, you've just seemed especially for a younger person, because we have a bit of an age difference, um, you are so present and so great at being an advocate for yourself in the trans community, but also being patient and kind with people new to the trans community that, gosh, I wish I had had that when I was your age. Like, you are so great at that. Like, I feel like you were just made to be this person and do this kind of work in the world and so wow i really appreciate that uh, it's real i mean i mean it every every single word like it's just very impressive and i think all of your lived experience is why Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i really I, i really do appreciate that because i really want to be that kind of person when i was coming out especially because i was so like my religious experience made me so scared of the outside world. Uh, like it was like us versus the world yeah. and the world's views on gender and the LGBTQ community. Sure. And so I could only look for help in like the religious circle. And there's right. not that many, at especially at the time, yeah. not that many trans people who are out, who are also members of the church who are willing to be a resource. Yeah. And yeah. I went to this um, conference and there were like 700, 800 people there or something. What? Whoa. And I was the only trans guy. Oh my gosh. I was no the way. only trans mass person at the entire conference. It was like LGBT. It wasn't just for trans, but like okay. LGBTQ members or past members of the church. And there was like a handful of trans women who were like older wow. trans women who I couldn't really relate to their yeah. experience. Yeah. And there was no trans guys. So I was like, oh, I have no one. Wow. There is no one for me. Like I had to really figure it out on myself, yeah. on myself, by myself. Um, and so now I want to be that person that I mm. desperately wished that I had yes. at the beginning. And I don't know that I do a super fantastic, perfect job of it, but I want to be that person that people can ask questions to. Like yeah. parents can come and tell me sometimes really horrific things that they think about their kids. And I can be like, hmm, let's maybe rethink that yeah. <laughs> in like a patient way. Yeah. So it's it's hard to be that sometimes. Sure. But it's really fulfilling and I really enjoy yeah. just helping people because of all the experiences that I went through. Like if I can save somebody from some of those experiences or help them go through those experiences in a more positive way than the way that I had to yes. learn them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that's well, one. It's amazing that there was like an LDS LGBT conference that had hundreds of people but also fascinating that like the, for trans folks, right. It was like this teeny tiny percentage of that very large group. And we know that, I mean, just from math and statistics and knowing about populations, like there are more trans people than that in the LDS and former LDS community. And so it takes a lot of bravery, I think though, to be out and to tell your story and to be a resource, right? Like, cause that's, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of courage to put yourself out there and, I just, I think because you're willing to do that in five, 10 years, that conference is going to have hundreds of trans people, right? I hope so. I went for a couple of years 
I don't know if I went last year. I don't like align with their like mission as much anymore, sure. but I love the friends that I've made there and I love, Aww. I mean, I do love what they do. That's awesome. But yeah, every year that I went, there was more and more people, especially in like the youth group that uh, was there, like cool. more and more yeah. trans and non-binary kids yeah. every year, which is pretty cool that they, yeah. and I don't know, it's fun to be a resource for them. It is a really tricky position though, to yeah. be like, because the people in the church don't like you very much mm. because you're trying to upset their way of thinking mm. and like you're this negative influence on their kids like being in the church and being trans mm. and there's just like a lot of tension like you are part of the other now gotcha. still trying to fit into the church okay. so like there was a lot of rejection from church members mm. and then there was a lot of rejection from the queer community because from, yeah. i was too religious i was like catering to the religious people too much mm. and so it like for that the first few years of coming out i felt like i didn't have a resource in either right. group like it really really was extremely lonely to navigate yeah how did you do that i mean that's a that sounds like a very polarized kind of environment where you don't get to fully fit in either community so how did you navigate that um i cried oh, <laughs> no. Oh. no i um it just was one step at a time yeah day by day yeah. i learned not to care as much what people hmm. think of me, yeah. which was very good because yes. I cared very much what other people thought of me. Uh. Um, and I learned, I learned how to be in that this middle ground because a lot of the reason why I stayed in that position for so long is because I felt an obligation to make the church environment safer mm. for queer youth. Mm -hmm. Like if I yeah. could be this example of a person who's a normal successful thriving person who is in the church and is queer you know like i don't know like i thought if i could be that person i could sure. change the church culture and make it a safer space and stuff um so i was kind of in this like mediator role i guess mm -hmm. and so i did learn a lot about how to be so patient in facilitating communication yeah between people with opposing views i mean opposing isn't even really the right word all the time but right. views that don't always align yeah. or that will contradict each other in harmful ways yeah um which was a skill that i carried into the work that i've been doing with you absolutely and even though like i'm no longer a member of that church and i no longer feel that same sort of obligation i'm so grateful that i had that really difficult period of navigating like how mm -hmm. do i be this person that's disliked by both sides, but right. also needed by both sides and loved by both sides yeah. in unique ways. Like, how do I be that person and make progress and stay sane? Yeah, yeah. And those communication skills that I built have helped me in every workplace that I've been in, and they've helped me in the like advocacy work that we've been doing. So That's awesome. yeah, I'm grateful for that weird period of time that I had. <laughs> well, and I feel yeah. like you are that person, you know, like even, even though uh, you're not a member of the church anymore, active in the church, like, you're still that role model. You're still that person that is a resource for so many people from members of the church who are parents of trans kids to folks who have left the church to folks never affiliated with the church, right? That just need a resource. Like you are that person. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm happy to be it. Send yeah. me an email if you have any questions. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I had a similar moment after I came out where um, I had, I was in a conversation with my father, uh, we were fighting over the phone. Um, this was probably like two years after I had come out and I was telling him that I, you know, 
he was disagreeing with me and you know not saying he doesn't support the path that i'm on that kind of stuff um and we were just arguing about it because i wanted something from him that i wasn't getting and i don't even think i realized it at the time that that's that i was asking for his approval his validation and at a point in the conversation he said you know you are not asking me to just be okay with or you know not um I don't know, not be oppositional. He's like, you're asking me to validate you and to agree with you and to align with the way that you want to live your life. And I was like, and I don't. And so he was like, but, you know, in, in this moment, I was like, oh, gosh, I am asking for that, you know, which made me more mad at the, at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he followed that up by saying, but I don't have to. He was like, you don't need me to validate your life. You can do that by yourself and you know I ended that conversation pretty quickly because I was mad because he was right Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but then I thought about that for a long time and I was like he is absolutely right I don't need him to validate my life the only person that that matters for is me I need to validate my own life I need Mm -hmm. my approval and I need to love and embrace my life and nobody else's opinion matters whatsoever. And that was really freeing for me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you had a similar sort of realization or experience. Yeah, yeah, I really did. And I I had that same kind of experience of letting go of how others thought of me and validating myself when it came to dealing with passing uh, as a trans person, Yes, um, which for, those of you who don't know, is like this concept of if somebody saw you, they would pin you as the gender that you're presenting as. Yeah. So like Michael passes very well. If you saw Michael on the street, everybody <laughs> would agree that Michael is a man. Like, and it, that can be through like the way that you dress, the way sure. that your hair is cut, the depth of your voice, which yeah. you can probably tell uh, I haven't been on testosterone very much. <laughs> But I mean, theoretically, (laughs) my voice could be deeper. Um, And Mm. so there's just like a lot of layers that could be like hormone treatments. It could be certain surgeries. And um, there is this huge weight put on passing. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that you are a more valid trans person Mm. if you pass. And people are often in less danger if they pass that's true you know like if you don't stick out as a trans person that's a safer environment to be in yep and it does make people feel more comfortable in their skin sometimes because they're being treated you know they're not being misgendered people saying the wrong pronouns and stuff so they don't have to think about being trans they can just live life the way they want to live absolutely so there definitely is like an importance to passing i think sometimes too much emphasis on it because you can be you can be a woman and still have a visible Adam's apple. Sure. You know, like you can be a man and not have a deep voice. So you don't need to pass to like be transitioned or whatever. But I really was like hung up on passing and like Mm. I needed the approval and validation of everybody else Mm. about my gender for me to feel good about my gender. Yeah. And while I do still love being gendered correctly. Sure. I really had to have like how you're describing, like I don't need them to validate my life and my existence, right. I can feel secure in my gender, just in and of myself. Yes. I can provide that to myself. And I think, I mean, and I did have, like I had top surgery, I had chest surgery last year yeah. and that helped a lot. I don't know if I would feel as like comfortable as I am saying that totally. had I not had that. So there were things that I really had to do to be comfortable in my own skin that were, yeah. I would say medically necessary, even if my insurance doesn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like I really had to learn that I don't need to be 
like man enough for the world. Oh, I yeah. just have to be me enough for me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't have to be man enough for the world. I just have to be me enough for me. That's really good. That's going to be a TikTok clip. That should be. That should be. <laughs> I really love that because that's, I feel like that encapsulates actually the true importance of trans people being able to transition in whatever way we need to mm-hmm. transition mm-hmm. as individuals because that's what it's all about. Like making sure that someone feels comfortable enough in their own body, their own skin, their own life to feel like themselves finally. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's, that's an important thing. Um, what was that first moment for you when you felt like truly yourself for the first time like Ooh. in your own body? That's such a good question. And I, I think there's like a lot of, there was a lot of layers to self-discovery mm-hmm. Yeah. where like even the first time like I cut my hair short and I'm like, yeah. this is me. And then <laughs> I, I started it. dressing different and I'm like, no, this is me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I did, like I had that kind of stereotypical trans experience of like over swinging where when I came mm-hmm. out, I was like, I'm going to be like the manliest man. I'm <laughs> going to be it. so tough oh and gosh. like whatever. So <laughs> I like, and then I was like, this is me. So like every time I like learn more about myself and have more vocabulary and more ways to understand my experience, the more I'm able to create this poetry that we've been talking about and so cool. understand my, ex- so I don't know if there was one moment that I like could say that like, I felt like I had found me and I really do feel like my self is constantly changing. Like with every yeah. experience I go through, I become a slightly different person and the way that I experience gender might change with that. Absolutely. Not because I wasn't really trans to begin with, but yeah. you know, we're just constantly changing and evolving people like in our yeah. cute little intro. Exactly. Yeah. I love that because it's not that you weren't authentically you when you cut your hair short for the first time. It's just that in that time and moment, that was the most authentic you you had been. And then yeah. you grew from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm continuously finding myself on a deeper and deeper level and i think everybody does that not just trans people everybody's constantly discovering themselves yes and that can be in like everyone participates in gender participation everyone participates in participation (laughs) (laughs) everyone participates in gender presentation whether or not you're aware of it yes and that is a huge part of a lot of people's identity is how they embrace gender even in like a cisgender like way yeah um and it can also be like finding a new career path or deciding what you're going to study in college. And you're like, this is me. Like, this is my mission. This is my purpose. So I'm constantly in that state of discovery. A a huge, huge moment for me though, was when I had top surgery. Mm, Yeah. I was super anxious that, um, like, even though I knew that I wanted that, I was scared that like my body wasn't going to look the same and that was going to freak me out. Mm, You know, like even if I want it, like what if the bandages come off and that's not what I'm used to seeing and it really throws me off. Like, and my surgeon had told me like, there's going to be some adjustment mentally and everybody warned me like, it's, you're going to look in the mirror and not see what you're used to seeing and it's going to feel super foreign and it might cause you a lot of anxiety, but you'll Mm. get used to it. And I was just so nervous about it. But we took the bandages off. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, that's it. Yes. Like that's me. I had that same reaction. I, everybody warned me too. Uh-huh. Like especially because when you have nipple grafts, they're um, scabbed over it. First, they're a right? little hard to look at. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're a little intense. Medical stuff doesn't bother me, so I was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, but uh, I had the same experience of like as soon as they took the bandages off, I just had this massive smile on my face. And I was like, yes, <laughs> seeing myself for yeah. the first time. Yeah. yeah, it's so nice. Sometimes you don't realize like how much things weigh you down until they're gone it's yes and that's like a general life statement it is but like with gender stuff like 
I had gotten so used to wearing a binder. Yeah. Oh. Like I was like, I can live my life like this. Like oh, I, God. I was wearing a chest oh. binder and I was in a lot of pain, but like you get used to it. You do. That's and true. just I was used to the feeling of like constantly pulling at my shirt to uh-huh. like hide the shape. Uh-huh. And I at at pretty soon before I got surgery, I was in so much back pain and rib pain yeah. from, I was like wearing two binders at the same time oh my for goodness. like 10 hours a day. Don't no. ever do that. Don't. Landon, oh goodness. <laughs> Nobody do that. Oh, and I was in back. so much pain. Like I would go, I was at um, Pima Medical Institute uh-huh. at the time and I would go to class and I'd lay on the floor and take notes from the floor because I couldn't no. sit in a chair. Like I was in so much <gasps> pain. Oh my goodness. But that was just like my reality. Yeah. And then yeah. finally being able to release that and getting surgery was like this huge relief. And there's a lot of things that are like that, that you don't realize the amount of tension and pain you're carrying until oh, yeah. you cut your hair. Yeah. You're like, whoa, I can breathe. Like I didn't even realize I was holding my breath, but I can breathe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a great description of like, for, that really resonates with me and every step that I've taken in sort of my gender journey and every moment that I've discovered how to be more authentically me mm-hmm. has felt like, coming out of the water and breathing you know or like you know it's just like oh i needed that this uh-huh. is exactly the right place that i'm supposed to be yeah yeah oh, that's yeah. so cool um i really like how you know as you're describing this process the constant process of learning more about yourself about growing as a person and how that's connected to your gender identity but also to so much more and i think like I, you know, when trans people, when we often talk about transition, we're talking about medical transition or social transition. Mm-hmm. But I love how, as you're talking about this, it's really like this life transition that you're constantly engaged in. Um, how do you think you will navigate that in the future? I mean, that's just a cool way to think of it. And so I'm inspired by the way you've described this, but I'm wondering what that looks like for the future for you. Yeah, it's a fun process. Yeah, I really feel like and this is kind of like my spirituality yeah. now that I'm not like a religious person, mm-hmm. but like I really do believe that we like we live on in every way that we've impacted other people. Mm-hmm. So like every yeah. conversation that I've had with you has changed some way that I think about something or changed yeah. some way that I view myself, which has led to a further process of self-discovery or has influenced like, oh, now I think like my whole plan for my future education is different since I started uh-huh. working with you or That's and awesome. other people that I've met. Yeah. So like every conversation that you have, every yeah. movie that you watch, like everything that we do shapes in some way the person that we are. Uh-huh. It's like in those in movies where you like go back in time and you touch one rock and now all of a sudden like the future is different. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but we're constantly doing that. Like we're constantly shaping the future with every we are. little action, yeah. which sometimes makes me anxious. <laughs> but it's also really cool uh-huh. to think about how like we are just constantly evolving. I don't really feel like I have this, like I have a very dynamic sense of self uh-huh. and it is constantly changing and moving. And I'm so happy about that because it means I'm constantly learning and growing. Yes. And so I just have learned to keep a very open mind and be very introspective and open to change. Mm -hmm. And then as things feel right to change, I just roll with it. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like that's just like, that's such a great way to embrace change, which is one of the hardest things for human beings to do, I think, right? To embrace change and growth. And it just sounds like that's such a critical and core part of your identity. I just, wow, I wish I had known that when I was much younger and (laughs) been able to do that. Um, We've talked a little bit about like the impact of different communities, like your family, the church communities, the LGBTQ community. Um, I know just because we know each other, you have uh, really sort of come into 
your own in some ways in the trans community. How, what has that been like for you? I, I had kind of stepped back, like after I came out and I was super involved in the queer community because yeah. I wanted that support. Once I like started really socially transitioning and leaving the church and stuff, like sure. I like fell into that community's arms and it was really beautiful and lovely. And then I wanted to stop thinking about being trans. Like I didn't want to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and be like, what a lovely trans person. Like I just, <laughs> I just wanted to be me and not think about it. And I didn't have to think about it because like I was secure enough in my own self and in my own body and the way that I was living and everybody used the right pronouns for me at work. And it's just mm -hmm. not something I had to think about every day. Yeah. So I kind of stepped back from the LGBTQ community. And I also had been really stressed about like how horrible like our community can be treated in yeah. this country. And yeah. that's like made me really depressed. So like the political side of it really weighed on me. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of stepped back and wasn't as involved in the community. Yeah. And um, then I didn't really have very many LGBT friends yeah. until I started working with you. And then I dove in and I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and now like almost every single one of my friends is trans. <laughs> and I have it. this huge social network yeah. of people that have a wide variety of experiences. I would love to interview so many of them oh, for yes. this podcast. Yes. But it's been cool to like meet so many people who are like farther along. I don't know if that's the way to put it, but you know, like people who have been at this longer than I have who sure. have more experience yeah. in the like queer world and people who are just barely coming out and starting to transition mm -hmm. and people who are transitioning in all sorts of different ways. And it's just been cool to hear everybody's experiences and see what all of their individual lives are like and their individual yeah. needs and values and realizing how incredibly diverse. Yes. Like we say the trans community, it is not one singular community. Like no. there's such a huge variety of needs and yeah interests and like i have a D, D, a queer D, D club I love that. so just like bonding with people over shared interests so i've i've learned <laughs> a lot about like our communities love for each other and zest uh, for life and that it really does like it's not all depressing all the time it's not, like it's really it really beautiful. is great and beautiful yeah. and like and i think that is something that i would want to leave with our listeners sharing my story is like yeah. it is beautiful life is beautiful and I know that it really sucks sometimes. And I've gone through like, I've gone to hell and back trying to get to where I am right now, yeah. but it gets better. Yeah. It gets great. Like I didn't know if I was gonna be, make it into my twenties yeah. and now I'm 20, oh God, 25, <laughs> 25. <laughs> and like, I just became a homeowner this week yes, and like I'm thriving and I have so many friends and I love my job and you know, like, I don't know. It yeah. gets better. Life it is does. great. Life is beautiful. Yeah. Whoever you are is perfect just the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Landon, you are just such an awesome human being. And I think that you encapsulate for me that joy of being authentically yourself, of being a trans person, of being a part of the LGBTQ community and just are such a great example for me. Um, so in a lot of ways, you're a role model for me about how to love life, how to love my identity and how to put that joy and love for this life into the work that I do. And so I just thank you for that. I've learned a lot from you in our time working together. And I just think you're an incredible gift to our community and to the world. So thanks for being you.
Wow, thank you. Aww. This podcast is just going to be us complimenting each other back. Basically, <laughs> yes. So everyone be prepared for lots of compliments. <laughs> we'll shower compliments on our, uh, our guests podcast well. guests. Absolutely. Well. Compliments, compliments all around. Compliments for everybody and to you listeners for joining us today. Thank you so much. Uh, you can uh, find the Gender Curious podcast every week. Uh, we will be publishing episodes every Friday. Um, and you can find us on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can reach out to us if you would like to via email at hi at gendercuriouspod.com. Yep. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a five-star rating. Yes. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Absolutely. And in the meanwhile, everybody, everybody stay, stay curious. curious. Gender Curious is recorded at Full Swing Studios and is a member of the One Community Podcast Network.